California ranks 49th out of 50 states when it comes to affordable housing. Governor Gavin Newsom demanding an investigation as to why Californians pay more at the pump. Certainly when someone has a company, their job is to make the proper investment, take care of their shareholders, their employees, and the community in which they're at. And our job in government passed laws to set the bar at a, at a reasonable level. It's legal to hunt humans with 15-round, 30-round, even 150-round magazines. Today, Governor Gavin Newsom signed an executive order directing agencies to find state land that could be dedicated as temporary shelter location. We're providing health care for everyone, regardless of immigration status. If you believe in universal health care, you believe in universal health care. This is a ghost gun. This right here has ability with a 30 caliber clip to disperse with 30 bullets within half a second. 30 magazine clip in half a second. Welcome to the California Streaming Podcast with your hosts, Bobby, Jonathan, and Louie. We're just a couple of common sense California natives sharing commentary on our state's current events. So hop on our magic bullet train to nowhere and let's talk some California politics. The lockdown continues, gentlemen. We're essential. Are what, you essential, Louie? I am. What day is this? Boy, that's a great question. We need a lockdown hour, minute, second day counter. I'm uh, time has lost all relevancy. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out what is the litmus test for this ending. Oh, well, that... Right. Uh, right. That, that, that's... Boy, you've right right off the bat here now. I, you've opened up a rabbit I, hole that we could head I down. I will ask the virus. I, I will get them on our show next week. Well, I'm I'm just curious because I feel like there's no with a lot of things, whether it's um, natural disasters or mm-hmm. fires, floods, earthquake, whatever. There's some clear line of like, hey, when we reach this line, you can all go back to your homes. Business can open back up. We don't. What is it for this? And I think that's part of the problem people have. That's an excellent point, right? What was it? Um, 18 months ago now, almost 24 months ago, the in Santa Barbara County, the mudslides, right? Oh, sure. And the freeway closing. And before that, the fire. It's a good point, right? Um, freeway reopens when they can get all the mud off of the freeway and you know, test and structurally test some bridges. Right. Done. Uh, businesses open and, and traffic can flow back and forth when they've cleaned the mud up done there's markers right there's a a lack of markers here and then the next question is what's preventing the markers from being stated i'm curious in california we're we're uh quickly approaching fire season oh right and everybody is sheltered at home and what happens when we have to evacuate where do we put people? They're not going to like community centers. They're not going to your high school gym or the rec center that's got a bunch of cops. Fairgrounds. Yeah. Fairgrounds. Anywhere where there's going to be a lot of congregating going on, churches, things like that. What is the plan when we've got to then kick everybody out of their homes in an orderly fashion and then go send them somewhere because they're in danger? We can't take, said a different way slightly, we can't take any form of any sort of disruption, uh, additional disruption yeah. in this state. And that's what I'm kind of right getting now. at is I feel like all of this stuff has been very nearsighted in that we're not considering the economic downfall nope. or the mental health downfall nope. or the, uh, there was an article 
written uh, in Reuters, and it came from the UN of all people, saying the hundreds of thousands of kids are going to die worldwide because they're not getting fed or food, where they Mm. typically relied on their schools to do these Mm. things. Now they're home and not getting a lot of those because we've relied on the schools and the government, Mm. and they've Mm. shut down, Mm. right? Mm. Uh, We're not considering that all it takes is one other thing, an earthquake, to really disrupt all of this. I mean, it's like we're just kind of crossing our fingers and hoping this just passes. Well, I imagine you you mentioned it. Where do we put these people in the event of a, an emergency, right? Well, I think we would treat it the way we're treating the homeless situation at this moment in time. Tents and tents and river bottoms. That's right. <laughs> river bottoms. Underpasses. Underpasses. No, parking lots where you're, they're six feet away from each tent. You know, that's kind of how it's been going on. There's just not that space, though. I, I I don't know what to tell you there, Louie. There's not I mean, that you many work with what you got, right? There's not that many individual tents, though. No. It, all yeah, the, that's all the whole problem. All the tent materials being used for masks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, we typically just use big facilities like gyms yeah, and things like right. that, right? So I, I'm just wondering what the plan is should something else happen. So anytime I hear, oh, man, we're going to be in this until fall, I just don't see how that all it's going to take is one fire in California to disrupt that entire theory of social distancing. You know, an interesting one, I don't know if one of you guys were going to touch on this later, but if I understand correctly from the date of our recording here, we're about to see, what is it, next week? A, a big, pretty big state, Texas. Isn't Greg Abbott going to be opening Texas? That's, and, that's the plan. Right, and, and I say plan. that to say this is going to... I mean, cool for him, cool for that state. We're going to see an interesting experiment, right? Live. Exactly. And we're all the test subjects. I mean... Well, I'm curious to see Sweden, who didn't do any social distancing. And now, apparently, my my understanding is the the WHO is not real happy with them because they didn't go along with the narrative. I'm sure. No, right. I read an article last week that suggested that, that... they're getting, I don't know in what form, but yeah, somewhat reprimanded because you need to start locking down now. Oh, well, slap their hand. Re- right. Oh, bad. Terrible. Well, part of that, well, you got to wonder is because their numbers aren't any worse than any other place that did lock down. You have to figure, and this is the, we were joking before the show, I'm in a million different Facebook debates, right? <laughs> you sure do love your debates, Louis. <laughs> and all I'm doing is I'm challenging people to critically look at the data that right now, like we have more data available to us at any point in time, right? Oh, you can go get the numbers for everything. Sure. And then you can see, I I want people to read the data. I want them to hear the news conferences and read the articles. Sure. And then I want them to see in their brain, honestly, if it matches up. Does what you're hearing on TV or reading in news, does that sync up with what you're seeing in the numbers that you've looked at? Because I'll tell you right now, it doesn't. It really doesn't. You're, you're essentially saying go beyond the bullet points of the CNNs, the MSNBCs, maybe even the Fox Newses. Go beyond the bullet points. Do you agree with the data coming, right. coming out relative to what they're saying? Because if you look at the numbers, you just see how statistically insignificant most of these numbers are yeah right and everybody will say oh the the southern states are going to get it any day now because they locked up so late and sweden they're going to get it because they locked up so late 
And then you start saying, okay, well, hopefully for your sake, they do get it in some numbers, right? Because if they don't, it will destroy doing this ever again. Right. Right. It's like Dr. Drew Pinsky said way early on, he's like, we got to be, he was getting upset at the media saying, you guys got to be really careful before you start throwing around these words, pandemic and what everyone's going to, what the numbers are going to be if we don't do, because I'm not going to know what to do if it actually does, quote unquote, hit the fan in the future with something even bigger. Right. And then I, I, once you see if the data matches the narrative you're hearing, I want you to think, would anybody have a vested interest in skewing the numbers? Mm, See, now we're getting to some interesting territory. Right. Would there be a benefit to making it look like it's deadlier, it's more violent, that the mortality rate is higher than it really is? Because that using the same hypothesis that all this better justify it, then the numbers need to show the mortality rate in order to justify this again, right? Yeah, and I and I would imagine there'll be some people listening to this and people in general who have been reading what I'm things I'm about to say who will think this flies into the realm of conspiracy theory, etc. I don't think it is. When you talk about doctors where they're they're basically incentivized, right, to mark down why someone passed away now when they passed away. You look at data and it's like all other f- normal forms of death have disappeared. Right. Because everything is COVID now. Well, the New York Post published an article a few days ago talking about how New York added 3,000 deaths to their total because they were uh, assumed to die of COVID, but there was no confirmation and no testing and no autopsy. They just assumed. Right. Right. 3,000. That's like a. <laughs> That's out significant of the num- when you have 14,000 total dead. Correct. Right. So is this closer to 10,000? And then this can't be the first time the numbers have been skewed. Normally, no. when people get caught fudging numbers, even in accounting, they've been doing it for a while. It was just the first time they got caught. <laughs> right. <laughs> Rarely. No is one who launders money, yeah, gets caught on phase zero. <laughs> no, China just adjusted their numbers as well. Right. And so did Wuhan. Wuhan uh, yeah. adjusted their they numbers. They adjusted like, their numbers all of a sudden. And it was 50% ex- greater. Exactly yeah. 50% too. <laughs> and then it's like, <laughs> they just went, You could have chosen a happens. random number, at the, like we used a random number generator or something at the right. very least. <laughs> you know, I don't know, we were talking about taxes earlier, but anyone who's ever used TurboTax, I think having the little counter in the left-hand corner that tells you how much you're saving or paying, I think it incentivizes you to run some experiments on numbers, right? Because you're like, okay, well, if I drop this down $100 or I add $400 here and you watch the little tally. And I think that's what Wuhan did, right? They, well, let's, let's, 50 is a good number. It admits we were off. What's a number? But not so much. (laughs) Yeah. What's a number I'm comfortable with? Right. Bingo. Tweak, no. tweak, tweak. You know, let me rant something about because we have it in our promo, and I was coming up here to the Backhouse Media Studios, and I noticed gas was oh, at two fifty, but crude is at all time lows. Oh. John, we're like in the high teens <laughs> in for a barrel of crude. I have twenty dollars for a barrel of crude. I have is all like my friends on joke. social media. They live in other parts of the country, oh, and no. they're about a buck. You know, they're they're pretty much going to have 99 cent gas pretty soon. They're going to start giving it away. We're going to have a storage problem globally. 
they're, they're, right. We're, Th- that's what we're trying to fix. That's right. We're gonna we're gonna we're, we're pushing the limits of how much crude can the world store somewhere somehow. Yeah. Because it's coming up out of the ground. They're refining it, or they're extracting it. Okay, where's it going to go? A, a barrel of crude is forty-two gallons. Okay, and it typically yields yeah. nineteen gallons of gasoline. There you go. And a barrel of crude is like we'll say twenty bucks it's, right it, now. Yeah, that's right. Use that as a decent average. Of but we're last. still paying three dollars a gallon. For twenty gas. bucks to yield nineteen twenty gallons of gas. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then you pile on all the taxes, as we've talked about before. Only. Like twelve cents on the high side goes to the gas station. The rest is all regulation. I understand this is a tangent, but we're talking about gas right now, and maybe we're going to get into this later when we talk about the economy in California. Picture for a second the foregone ta- gas tax revenues. Oh yeah, over the last month, and now still, who, who knows how long we're still going to be locked down, right? We're we're gonna dive deep into that. Oh yeah, see stuff. this is and this is where this gets into a very interesting territory of I, I, I can subscribe to a point of um, nasty skewed incentives, politically, uh, from a medicinal perspective, all those sorts of things for keeping this lockdown going longer. At the same time, the longer that uh, you know our fair leader Gavin prevents us from driving around and stuff, he's. He's smoking his own economy. He's preventing tax revenues from coming in. So, you know, I every so often I get to journey outside my home to go to the grocery store or go uh, to the, Do we need to report you? Maybe. Yeah. Who do we, who, the Gestapo, maybe. they come pick you up. I saw a hotline that I'm supposed to call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, am I going to start wearing an armband now that says <laughs> I have Well, you're going to get Bill Gates' computer chip <laughs> yeah. implanted into you. It's not vaccines. quite the armband, but uh, yeah. Um, but I've noticed that there's quite a few people who are out and about during the day. And I, I look at it and I go, what shutdown? Right. What people are just doing about their business. I don't think going there's going there. as much distancing as we're being led on to believe, right, in terms of... Making in terms in terms of attributing it all all the declines and all the flattening of the curve to social distancing. Of course, the argument's going to be, well, it didn't get bad because we all pitched in and socially distanced. And I feel like that the to what you're saying, Bobby. I don't know if we're distancing so much that it 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 is the. And all be all reason for why things didn't uh, get as bad. Like maybe uh, it wouldn't have been as bad, anyways. Like just pull into the parking lot right now. I, there was a pack of young boys just riding their bicycles together. They're just you know doing it like they used to do back oh, yeah. in the day. And I think there's. I think this is just a personal opinion. I think it's a combo of what you're saying about it isn't as bad as we we're led to believe. Plus, there actually, I believe, there has been more. Herd immunity. I know that's a big buzzword developing, but like that maybe this was around earlier than we were led on to believe, and people and it and it hasn't affected people to the level that the earlier models were saying. But naturally, people have already. We're we're going to find a lot of people have the antibodies, for example, right? Because people just haven't been as effective and had spread it to others and so there's just yeah i definitely feel that you know six months down the line kind of deal when we when we're all 
done with this, and we can really open this. the uh, open the books and find out where all the missteps were and what could yeah, have been done. Because they're going to show us those books. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But uh, we're going to go. Why did we not implement these procedures? Mm-hmm. Well, because mm-hmm. of government. Mm-hmm. Why did we? Go away from this. Well, because the media was doing that, and because the numbers said this, but we shouldn't have been doing that. And you're gonna look. We've been do, running around with our heads chopped off because the models were all wrong. Mm-hmm. They're way overestimating mm-hmm. these things. We had concern, should have been concerned, and arguably we could have closed things beforehand and do this and that and the other thing. On really Monday morning quarterback this thing, but. Really, we were reacting to numbers that didn't make sense, and they were all wrong. We're we're over here sending our unused ventilators because right. we overestimated. We're running around. So that part, nobody ever has a good response for me on this one. On these on these Facebook arguments, yeah, and yeah, posts, just yeah. in general, okay. That um, we're not out of the woods yet. We have some problems. Okay. And um, when I bring up the fact that Newsom is bragging about the fact that we're giving 500 ventilators around or giving them Mm -hmm. out, which is arguably the most scarce and sacred resource we have in this fight, right? Like a current, it's like a currency, right? Like that's the fear we've been told. It's not that it's the we don't have enough hospitals, we don't have enough ICU beds and ventilators, right? Everyone gets a tube that comes in with this thing. He's giving it away. He's giving 500 of them away right? because we have too many. And then in the same breath, we're told, well, uh, we might have to yeah. do this for another month. Well, You've got, God, Garcetti has oh. been chicken little. That oh. dude just, I, I feel like he just doesn't know how to manage any no. kind of no, emergency. No. no. I mean, he, he's even being more stringent than Newsom is. <laughs> he's talking about LA being wrapped up going through the summer. Dude. Yeah. And I, I don't understand that at all. He's scared. And this is, he's, he, this well, is his only response. He's in too deep. Everybody is vying for their next position. Oh, up. exactly. Yeah. You can just right? smell it. Garcetti's vying to be a governor at right. some point. Gavin. Gavin's looking for a presidential. Exactly. Right. Exactly. right? And exactly. everybody wants to be the... the Cuomo. Yeah. <laughs> the manager extraordinaire of this thing. Uh, and in all this, uh, anybody heard from Uncle Joe? <laughs> where, where, but he's finally got Obama's endorsement <laughs> after all this time. <laughs> well, I guess I have to give you my endorsement. How awkward is that? Oh, geez. It is your vice president. You are now endorsing him because he's basically the only one left. Well, let's let's go back many a year. And when he was having an interview with, I believe it was ABC, but it doesn't really matter. And uh, his wife was right next to him. And Ooh. they were asking, you know, why did he, you know, he chose the VP spot. And he actually turned down the Secretary of State spot, mm. which was offered to him. Because this is the wheeling and dealing part. And his wife actually Jill, gave it away. Like, oh, you're wheeling and dealing behind the scenes, are you? And... uh that's just kind of the name of the game. She wasn't supposed to do that. He kind of shushed her at the. You gotta have to go back to the internet and find that thing. It's actually okay. kind of funny. Interesting. Kind of funny and all, but he was just given that position. Barack Obama didn't want him there. He just, you know, the cabal, sure, the mafia. They, sure. they needed him to sit in that seat just in case. Sure. Makes sense. I mean, you had to go back to the internet and find that that little <laughs> deep nugget. into the interwebs. But he, but but he hasn't gotten any better. 
I mean, no, no it, there was a there was a CNN interview and like, uh, what's his name, Anderson Cooper and Sanjay Gupta are sitting there, and Biden's going and talking about Roosevelt and World War II and about some pa- and the looks on their faces, on Cooper and G- Gupta's faces, like what what is he talking about? <laughs> the only thing he gains now is the financial backing. Yes. Now all of Obama's friends sure. and the other DNC people are starting to put money into his campaign. I'm not sure about Bernie's people still though, right? That's right. I think that's a TBD. I think what's funny is I read this article talking about how now Bernie's I'm sorry, and now Biden's going to get all this money coming to him to help compete with Trump's deep pockets. But for the most part, Trump doesn't put any money in. I know, he no. doesn't do anything. His amount of fundraising is phenomenal. Like right. that the the first election. Oh. He didn't put really any of his money in. No. It was oh, all no. just raised money. Oh, yeah. And they, uh, they estimated the, the billions that was generated off the free publicity because nobody right. would stop talking about him right. on the internet or TV. And it's the same thing now. Right. The oh, dude's yeah. gotten four years of free publicity. It's not changing. And I do love the way he just backhands. <laughs> he backhands. The, the daily pressers the have been a gift. Did you guys read his period. tweet yesterday to Cuomo? Uh, oh, the two-parter, right? Dude, I'll read this. Please do. This, this was... I think it was you... Yeah. I he, might have sent he, it to you guys. He has been in... He's been in some good tweeting, and see, the weekly, the daily pressers during the week, I get the upfront stuff, but he just needs to go straight to the Q&A, because that's where the real gold <laughs> <Right>. is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nobody really cares about it. <laughs> yeah, numbers, okay, yeah. good. Things are getting better, peaking. It's yeah, like okay, the <laughs> watching the small bouts before the main event. <laughs> exactly. So he tweets out yesterday uh, on 417, Governor Cuomo should spend more time, quote, doing and less time, quote, complaining. Get out of there and get the job done. Stop talking. We built you thousands of hospital beds that you didn't need or use, gave large numbers of ventilators that you should have had, and helped you with testing that you should be doing. We have given (laughs) New York far more money, help, and equipment than any other state by far. And these great men and women who did the job never hear you say thanks. Your numbers are not good. Less talk and more action. <laughs> which, well, this goes to go back to exactly what I was saying. It's funny because all the states keep saying, you can't tell me what to do, Fed. Stay out of our life, Fed. We'll open and close things when we want. We'll do what we want. You're really seeing a big test of federalism right now. And now he's saying, okay, shut up and go fix it. Look, See, your state's gotten out of hand. Go fix it, Cuomo. I love it. The, the, my brother and I have been talking about this. This is back to my my just frustrating central point, and states are doing it now. People want to die, what I call dine from the libertarian buffet. They love federalism when they love it, but then when someone like Obama's president, oh no, no, he can tell he can tell the country to do what they want. States need to, to follow along. Which is it, right? But just pick one, and we'll go with that. Right. Exactly. But but. but they don't want to do that. Everybody wanted Trump to unilaterally lock everything down in the beginning. So be a dictator. Be a dictator. Yeah. But then, and that's including then, liberals. But, they want him to be that's a dictator. Right. Be a dictator. But now they want him to butt out. But don't be a dictator. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Take everybody's Look, guns away. But but don't be a, yeah yeah. But don't be a dictator. It's it's all about setting precedents. Yeah, that's okay. that's true. Well, your guy did it, so therefore our guy can do it. And this has been played a lot of times in different camps. Doesn't matter how you feel and what side of the aisle you're on, this is always how it's played. And their intention is that, okay, give Trump the power, air quotes, quickly take it away from him 
because you don't actually want him to have it, but set precedent so that when you win the election, you have that in your back pocket to pull out anytime you feel like it and start dispersing funds any way you feel like it. Right. Because this isn't the last time we're going to deal with this. No, no. No way. And you have to think about, and I think we'll get into this later in the show, how it affects the Bill of Rights mm-hmm. and where is that line, mm-hmm. right? I've got some liberal attorney friends that give me a bunch of case sites for, uh, well, I've, you know, if it causes great danger to everybody, That's then right. you could suspend rights. You don't have a all. right to infect the society right. with, the, with the virus. And-, and you're just like, okay, but the burden is on you to prove that there's this great risk, right? And so this goes back to the first thing I said. I think once the lawsuits once the lawsuits start unfolding from the gun stores and from the religious side, you're going to have to stick to your guns and make some compelling argument that this was all worth it, right? Because if you start showing a decrease in numbers, you start showing it wasn't worth it, and legally it wasn't worth it. So you're almost compelled to fudge the numbers to make it look worse than it is, right? I mean... Well, why not? Well, ex- yeah. There's no well, good who, that well, comes out of saying, you well, know what, it wasn't dogs? that bad. Who's the watchdogs who Nobody. are supposed to come back and say, well, you shouldn't have done that? Right. There isn't any. Oh, 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 oh and we're going to expose you for the fraud you are. You know what's what's really interesting? And, and you uh, you bring up a great question, Bobby. So we always talk about when it comes to fires and things like that. We just assume they were all managed correctly. The county of Los Angeles didn't feel the Woolsey fire was managed correctly by L.A. County Fire and L.A. County Sheriffs. And they did a whole internal investigation into, was the fire worse than it should have been? And they believe that the Sheriff's Department and the County Fire Department made it worse than it should have been. And as a result, that's why they pulled Villanueva out of being the emergency manager. And they use that as their excuse. Well, we were just wrapping up our investigation. We think the sheriff's department isn't good at managing emergencies. So we pulled them off managing COVID in L.A. County. Um, And it was during the same week of him shutting down gun stores and all the controversy, Mm -hmm. right? But they cloaked it in, well, you know, we'd been looking at his ability to manage emergencies, and we feel he doesn't do a good job of it, so... What a t- Which the what board a, of soups voted on that. What that a was terrible huge. thing to take your sheriff right of the whole county right. <laughs> off of the emergency. Ten million people team. in Los Angeles County. Well, what a choke! He should have resigned in disgrace right then and there. So, since we're talking about guns, can I? <laughs> I no, think I, I said this. To we you got guys. a lot of articles to. No, no, I, I, but I got to read this quote. This really brought a big smile to my face amidst all the junk and chaos going on. So there is a gun shop owner. His name's Greg Bolslog. He runs on target indoor shooting range in Laguna Niguel, California. And he was talking and I'm just going to read. It's, it's just a little bit here, but he was talking about the amazement that they've had at his store when a bunch of new gun owners fill in the blank liberal because they've never even messed with a gun before. Um, his experience in all this oh, and yeah. it's super eye-opening it's everything we've talked about on the show that we know that the other side is so very ignorant on but here you go so this is greg bolslog 
saying more than a dozen of these buyers actually thought that since they filled out and signed everything, they could just walk out and go home with the firearm. Several actually said they saw how easy it was to buy a gun on TV. And why did they have to fill out all these forms? I'll skip ahead. Most were very vocal about why it takes 10 day minimums to take their property home with them. They ask, why do I need to wait 10 days if I need the protection today or tomorrow? We pointed out again that no one working here voted in support of that law. They really went crazy when we told them that for each firearm, they had to do the same amount of paperwork and they could only purchase one handgun every 30 days. Again, we didn't vote for that law. We had people cuss at us and stomp out when we explained that the secondary identification had to be part of the paperwork as they felt insulted that, that what they had wasn't good enough. You know, I would have been uh, thinking about how to spend my stimulus check. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I uh, you just fe- figured I got an out. idea here. <laughs> yeah. Well, to that point, as another little marker on our society, I had a friend who happened to be in a Target on the day that those stimulus checks hit. He said he saw no less than eight carts whirling around with either a new PlayStation or a new Xbox in them. Now, what do you want to say the odds are that those people thought, oh, wow, free money, time to buy a video game system? Well, I mean, this kind of goes into the uh, universal income debate, does it not? It's a great point. Great point. Well, there it is right there. You cannot give the stink eye to how people spend their money, be it good or bad. It's just money. Right. And you are stimulating the economy in what way best suits you and if you are stone cold lying in the gutter because you don't put well, that now, money now, to good use like in your medical expenses but now we're getting to the critical part that that's the part that will never get enacted right it's like friedman's discussion and argument about um, a negative income tax you could make things super efficient and and get rid of all the welfare state and all of it if you just did a negative income tax but then you're not I'm not saying you you should be forcing people to what to spend their money on, but you're leaving it up to them to use that stimulus money to go buy health insurance or to go buy food. And they may not. I agree with you. They can make their own decision. But if they don't, there's got to be consequences. Otherwise, it all breaks down. To the guillotine. <laughs> I, I wanted to comment on the... The liberals, we're assuming, who tried to buy guns, oh, right? I mean, with those sorts out. of quotes, uh, it I, was for sure liberals. <laughs> I had written this um, for a different response a while ago, but I think this is pretty interesting because there's a lot of people like that who are clueless oh, about how restrictive guns are, right? Clueless. There's no such thing as a panic buy gun, no. a panic gun buy in California. We call it the cool-off period. Right. So... Um, First, you just got to get your eligibility checked in general. You got to have a valid ID or a driver's license, right? You can't have any felony convictions. Um, that includes like violent use of firearm and sex offenders, mental disorders, all that stuff. Um, there's a giant list of misdemeanors that carry a 10-year ban. So you're not buying a gun for at least 10 years if you're on that list. Um, and then anyone that's been taken into custody on 5150 stuff. So right. a fear of killing yourself or someone else. Um or if you've been admitted to a mental health facility, there's a five-year ban. So if you get through that part, if you pass step one, you can go on to step two. So you'll head down to your licensed uh, California firearm dealer. you got to go to a licensed dealer. Uh, 
And then you got to... I, I can't go to an unlicensed dealer? <laughs> no. You have to have a, a valid certificate of eligibility. Okay. Okay. What if I'm a father and I want to give my son a nice sporty rifle um, for hunting? Well, you still got to go to a licensed dealer, but sure. that could be like Big Five or something like that. Sure. You hey, John, to- want to try this new gun? I just bought it. We're going to go down to the range. No? Can't do that? Okay. Uh, next, you have to be 18 years old to purchase a long gun, like a shotgun or a rifle. Right, right. And you got to be 21 to purchase a handgun. And then you got to also show proof of residency that you live in California. Um, all gun purchases require the purchaser to possess a firearm safety certificate. Oh, oh right. You got to take the test. Now. Right. So, uh, yeah. How do you get one of those? You got to pass the 30 question written test with a score of 75% or better I administered by a DOJ certified instructor. Yeah. And you got to pay the $25 fee. Yeah. We love our oh, fees. Licenses. So, if you're still with us on the journey, you get to move on to step five. Step five, yeah. The ten day waiting period. If you passed all that, you got to wait ten days to the second that the form was submitted before you can get your firearm. And then when ten days are passed, you head back to the firearm dealer to get your firearm. You're all excited, aren't you? You Big get time. to get your Let's new do gun. It. They Let's put a bow on it. But wait, did you remember to bring in your approved firearm safety device or DOJ approved lockbox or gun safe for that new gun? Cue, cue the Pac-Man sound. You got to bring that in to get mm. it. Can I not buy it at the store? You might be able to, but mm. you got to get one of them. Okay. Okay. It's an add-on. And, and if you want, did you want ammo for that gun? Oh, I would like some. Yes, please. There's a background check in California now for the ammo. Of course there is. So if you passed all of that. <laughs> you still have nothing to fire with. <laughs> then maybe, just maybe you can get your gun. And for people that don't understand in California, that is the gigantic process to buy a gun. And a whole bunch of people just found out for the first time, and I so wish I could have been in that room watching them. Right. Oh, don't worry, John. There's plenty of people who are regulars at these places who had a gigantic smile on their face as they learned this. They had had your back there. (laughs) I love it. You know, they were with you. I love it. Uh, and anybody that says you don't need guns because there's the cops, <laughs> I ask, what is the average response time of the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department? And I'm not talking about in Malibu or the Palisades. You or, mean somewhere or in Or West LA. Hollywood. Right. I'm talking about Century City or, or yeah, down there. Yeah. Right. And I'd say, what was the response time during times of civil unrest? Ooh. Because there was areas like Koreatown where the cops didn't even go in. I mean, there's YouTube videos of Korean store shop owners with guns keeping people out of their store while looting was going on. And they have no gun, they're probably dead. Oh, totally. Or they're looted and everything's at gone. Le- at the best, they're looted. Yeah, best case. Or their shop's burned down. Right. Right. Hey, First story? Well, I mean... <laughs> we've kind of... Uh, yeah, shotgun blast. I mean, as you can tell, we've had lots of time to think. Ooh, there's there's no shelter in place. I mean, you're talking about the guns. I, we've been letting out criminals left and right around here so I recently. And, Someone that uh, just got let out committed a murder the very next day. Yes, they did. That's exactly where I was going into it. But did you hear about the the, the large party in Bakersfield? Oh, where they had John's six, people. Yeah, where they the had Central six Valley. people shot. Oh, so, yeah, since B- Baked to Baco. Central it was Valley. a drive-by shooting Was-er over there. Really? We're like. I got to get my shots in now because oh we're all in a lockdown. Wow. And who knows when the le- next time I'm going to be able to shoot these people. <laughs> yeah, I was reading the story about the dude got let out and then the very next day committed a murder. 
It's like literally. <laughs> it's like literally GTA. Like in, yeah. in real life. I, real I life wonder GTA. if I can easily find my victim now that they're all under lockdown. Yeah, and he hmm. gets to wear a mask while doing it. It's perfect. Yeah. Screw those ring wonder, devices. You know, we were talking about how uh, there's actual facts now. Um, bringing down the felony or bringing down the misdemeanor range for petty theft. Oh, oh right. yes, now, right. Now you can steal up to hundreds and hundreds of dollars and still it's a misdemeanor, not a felony anymore, right? Which they know about, you said. Like you'll see them walk in and steal something oh, almost, yeah. almost exactly that amount. Exactly. Uh, that coupled with, we know shoplifting has gone up because people get to bring in their own bags now. Right. Uh, it's not unusual to see somebody go to the supermarket and place things in their purse or their backpack. Before that would be suspicious, but now it's, this is my bag. I'm wondering when you uh, then put a mask into the equation, how much does that stuff go up even further? I mean, even if you oh, witness somebody doing it on surveillance footage, you don't know who they are. Right? Well, everything has an unintended consequence. Or intended. Uh, who or, knows? Or intended, in some cases. That's very fair. All right. Story. <laughs> Weird. Story number one. One. The first article. <clears throat> There's just so much to talk there, about. There really is. Let me let me let me just jump in real quick. Just please do. Uh, before we start, I want to kind of give everybody a, a, a numbers. <laughs> Thirty-seven a, a numbers. minutes in before we start. Minutes, before we do anything else. <laughs> uh, New York is, of course, the biggest state with the most cases. Of they course. were at a quarter million cases. So they have the lion's share of this. Next biggest case state is New Jersey at 78,000. Mm. And uh, Massachusetts comes in third with 32. We're sixth on the list at around 28,000. And then it really starts to drop off after that, uh, where it just kind of really shrinks down. Uh, as as it goes to death, 15,000 in New York. And these, of course, will change, mm-hmm. uh, given that uh, it's always old no matter what. Uh, New Jersey is at 3,800 deaths. And then uh, Michigan is actually third at 2,000. And then uh, we're way down at seventh. And you can see how far it drops with 976 mm. deaths according. Some Something I really want people to look at when they look when they read this data is there is a massive skew from New York. And I'm putting mm-hmm. New York and New Jersey together because I think... That's fair. Oh, that's State fair. lines are stupid. That's I think it's more of a radius circle In around that places. area, state lines are stupid. Totally. Uh, they're just way too close yeah. to to and, not have a nexus to each other. Yeah. And when you put together, like, I think the last time I looked yesterday, it was like 14,000-something and 3,000-something for New York and New Jersey, respectively. You've got, you know... Almost 20,000 deaths yes. in those two areas out of the, what, 30-something total? In the country. Uh-huh. In the country. It's, it was like, when I looked last time, it was like 37,000 deaths total. And it was like 14 and a half out of New York and 3,800 out of New Jersey. That's a massive skew of the data. And if we're making decisions on just a total number of deaths and they affect the broad swath of the country. I don't think that's the appropriate way to go about it. California doesn't have a massive problem, and we can say it was for whatever reason. I don't care what the reasons are. Right. Where we are now is we don't have a bunch of problems. No, I'm going to say one of the major reasons is because we were getting – our traffic comes from Asia, China. As soon as we shut down the, 
the travel from China. We were, you know, sitting a little bit more comfortably. Mm-hmm. But it, our problems, as, as it goes to the U.S., came in through the back door, Europe. which is through Europe. Because they the didn't shut down their their travel from China because it was racist. LaGuardia. So yeah, that, that's a great point. I read this article, uh, this researcher out of UC San Francisco. They've been researching why New York's got such the problem it has. And the what they've determined is, like Bobby said, our issues come from Asia, and we shut down China travel. New York comes from Europe. And they estimate, it's funny how they can figure out these precise numbers, that we had eight carriers come to to California. Everything spawned off of eight carriers. Okay. In New York, they had way more than that. Mm-hmm. They had dozens and dozens of carriers, and they had a super carrier in New Rochelle, which is a North State, I guess, mm. who and they gave it like that term. It's a super carrier. The, it's somebody who's got, for whatever reason, they can infect hundreds of people just off themselves. They're more infectious than any the way they kick off the virus or something. They're just a super infectious person. And they actually pinpointed it down to a person in the state who they've deemed to be super infectious like that, who has the ability to infect hundreds just off them. So when you factor in, they had way more people coming in anyways with the virus, and they had a super infector early on. Their numbers exploded versus us where mm-hmm. we only had a couple people come in. That kind of makes sense. I did some quick numbers. Uh, New York accounts for 45% of all the deaths wow. in the U.S. And even just if you look at California, L.A. County accounts for at least 50%. Right? Uh-huh. So of even California. Of California. Yeah. So there's a massive skew there. And if you almost have to look at it like home prices. you got to look at the median. No, <laughs> I think right. if you just start right. calculating the mean and you disregard the fact that there's... Because you said the right word, skew. I mean, that's yeah. a distribution gets skewed. It's, there's not a normal distribution. That's right. That's so, I don't know. Does that make sense, Bobby? Open it all up, damn it. <laughs> well, speaking... I'm glad you said that, Bobby. Because speaking of opening it up, and speaking of, is California doing the right thing? Uh, we got some good news. Hey, you know what? I know who's someone who could clear this all up, and that's our governor. Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom. You are correct, sir. Mm-hmm. So Gavin Newsom, I'm going to just give you the bullet points from a uh, Times of San Diego article on April 14th. Our fearless leader, Gavin Newsom, he outlined six steps that were necess- that are necessary before ending the stay-at-home orders. Let's go over the six steps, and then we'll take it one step. Everybody further. hold hands while we tell you all the steps. Step number one, the ability to monitor and protect communities through testing, contact tracing, isolating, and supporting those who are positive or exposed. Okay? So all monitoring right. and protect. You're about to hear a lot of big, giant buzzwords that mean nothing just to prepare the <laughs> listeners. So that was step number one. How, how do we, should we analyze and go deeper into these things? Because I feel I'm not getting enough out of that first one here. Well, there's, we got a little treat for the listeners coming up after I go through the six steps. Okay. You want to go through them all? Let's, I'm just going to okay. go because they're just bulletized here. Okay. Step number two. We need a process for preventing infections amongst high-risk residents. such a bubble. as. Elderly, oh. I, I like the bubble idea. Mm. Elderly un, uh, or people who have underlying health conditions. That's step two. The Sweden approach. Bingo. Or Denmark? I forget which one. Step three. Assurance that hospitals are prepared to handle surges in patients. Infinity. Bingo. Step three. Right. Now step four. Partnership. 
this guy loves partnerships. Partnerships with academia and industry to develop treatments. We weren't doing that before? Apparently, profit is not enough of a motive. Mm. Okay, step, that was step four. Uh, yeah. Step five. Assurance that businesses, schools, and childcare facilities can safely reopen while maintaining social distancing. And I even think he said something like, maybe we have some kids come in the morning and some kids come in the afternoon. So they get, this guy's got no clue. (laughs) He's just throwing stuff against the wall. Step number six, development of a plan to quickly reinstitute some measures such as stay-at-home orders, if needed, after restrictions are softened. And that's the, that's the beautiful right. step, right? Never get too comfortable, Plausible society. deniability. Exactly. Never get too comfortable. Okay. But the state owns you. Always. <laughs> the problem with these the steps... <laughs> yeah, we got to use the word steps real loosely here. Is that they're not actually steps. <laughs> okay. Okay, so... Is anything does anything have a definable metric? It does not. If okay. you're looking for numbers, if you're looking for bars, yeah, I'm have looking to for be, performance measures. Yeah, no. Um, how K- do we know, John? KPIs. How do, how do we know when we get there? Yeah, right. You're talking about like you know, like a business might operate with key performance indicators that this is feelings based. Yeah. Oh, oh. I feel like it's beyond feelings based. I feel so, like we're in a good place. You know what we did here on the show? What for we all do? the listeners? We took one for the team again. Mm. No, I, let's uh, be real here. You. I was trying to broaden yeah. it out, but you it's true. I'm, I'm surprised I'm still emotionally stable enough to have made it here today because I listened to the entire one-hour presser. From Thank you. Yes. Thank you. We applaud Our you. Our live audience here. Uh, the entire one-hour presser from our fearless leader, Gavin Newsom. Good old fascist Newsom. Go for it. Um, it was interesting. And I pulled out about eh, 10, 11 clips. Um, I didn't get him talking specifically and regurgitating those steps because they're just as nebulous when he said them as they were when right. I just read them. He didn't offer any clarification. But I pulled out some interesting, I don't know, I kind of found them interesting clips to just have a little bit of a discussion off of each one. Um, and we'll just see where that goes. But right. in case, I'm guessing a lot of the listeners did not listen to the full hour, I wouldn't have otherwise to prepare this for you. So here it is. Okay, so this first clip is... Ironically, um, in a well, and they've said this before with climate change, but he's he's making a point. He wants science, specific science, to be our guide. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. now we want yeah, science. Exactly. Hold, hold on, hold on. There, <laughs> no, let's listen to the clip first, and then we'll because the clip will set the stage, and then we'll get we'll have some fun. Okay. Here we go. First clip. But this phase is one where science, where public health, not politics, uh, must be the guide, uh, where we must be open to argument, interested in evidence, where we cannot be ideological in any way, shape, or form in terms of how we approach uh, a condition. Sir, excuse me, Mr. Newsom. Um, <laughs> when you say science, do you recognize that there's only two genders? <laughs> two yeah. of them. That's I love, where I was going with oh, that one. Oh, jeez. Not to mention, did you get the, the science? Only science must be our guide. <laughs> not to mention the focus on evidence. I mean, I agree. Here's a, here's a statement of evidence. Uh, our school system stinks. We have facts to prove it. That's evidence. You don't seem to care about that. No. So... Why in this case is evidence and science, and, and I'm reading for science, you said it earlier, I think data, specific data and factual information is science. You know why he, he reverts to that now? 
because science will never give us a definitive answer for when everything is safe. Science will yeah. just say it's things are dropping or flattening. It's very, it's all very ambiguous right now. Oh, because nobody wants to be wrong. But also, right? you're listening to the experts, right? You're listening to the experts, <laughs> right? Now. Exactly. Evidence, science, feel good. The whole thing's gaslighting. I mean, oh, every yeah. every time I talk to somebody about it. They make you feel like you're like a flat earth denier if you take a second to be like, but wait a minute, government's doing all these things to my daily life. Is it really true or worth it? I would like to dig deeper. And then it's, what, do you believe the earth is flat? Do you wear a tinfoil hat? <laughs> exactly. These are your leaders. That's right. These are the medical experts who are opining right now. Obey or else. Right. It's scary. It Look. You don't have to be an expert on anything, but there's a very basic um, logical fallacy called appealing to authority, right? It is just that because somebody is an authority on something, they are infallible. They are always correct. You hear it all the time. My friend's a lawyer and he said, oh, yes. right. the doctor told me, and all of a sudden that's supposed to be the holy gospel of what's being discussed, or I'm a doctor, I know. Right? right. And you have to believe it's still anecdotal evidence, right? Well, I'm a doctor and I work at this hospital and we're slammed right now. Great. That is just the It's a piece of input. A piece of input in a much larger deal. But you hear people all the time. Well, my cousin so true. Well, I know. Well, I am. It doesn't matter. I, read I still question on this website that right. this reporter said. And I ask people all the time. If somebody diagnosed you with inoperable cancer, would you get a second opinion? Or would you just say, well, they were the expert. I'm dead. <laughs> right? But when it comes to those situations, or you go see a mechanic and they say you need new tires, and you go, oh, I'm going to go get a second opinion on this thing. We do it all the time. We always look for other opinions. But when we get this confirmation bias, mm -hmm. I believe this is really bad, and I've got to justify why I'm being... A, why I'm being Held well, captive at home all day. Well, I'm going to just look for answers that support that. Otherwise, I look like a big idiot. <laughs> Therein lies the truth. We were listening to the experts. We were listening to the who. Not the band. No, no, right, right, mm. right. No, we were listening to the world. Uh, oh, was that, oh, oh, <laughs> well, some may say that. Me. We <laughs> lost our world G rating. Health organization. <laughs> Depending on their your analysis of China, some may say mm, that. Right. Yes. And so we were listening to the data. And the experts who are watching the information come through and seeing it from the ground and making an intelligent assessment of the situation and giving that information to their leaders. And it was debatable at that moment, but also you have to put you know, policy in front of prescriptions and try to marry the two and say what's going to be the best plan that is going to work out for everybody. No one's going to be pleased on what's going to happen. And we always talk big, but once you're in the big boy chair, you've got to pull that trigger. You've got to make those decisions. and You've got to live with it. Mm -hmm. and that's the hardest part. And that's what he's trying to avoid at all costs. At all costs. What's the next one? The next clip is talking about a little bit of tracking. Oh, okay, good. Like you were talking numbers. about the He's a numbers guy. I like that about him. <laughs> but I think this is right. This is the, the whole idea of this tracking of people and infections and 
like sp- cats and dogs with spook- computer chips. A little spookiness here to me. Here we go. Next clip. Uh, the most important uh, framework uh, is our capacity to expand our testing uh, to appropriately address uh, the tracing and tracking of individuals, the isolation and the quarantine of individuals using technology and using a workforce that needs to be trained in an infrastructure that needs to be in place uh, in order to begin the process to transition. So tracking of individuals. That one one took me a little off guard. Had to record it, play it for you guys. South Korea, Google, and Apple. Yeah. There's the three here. What did South Korea do? Well, they doxed everybody in their entire country where they just put out their information and just said, live with it. We have this little... (laughs) That's so crazy. Privacy <laughs> issue here in this country HIPAA of ours. be damned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Damn it. Google and Apple have teamed up, which is a scary notion, but they have done so. And they are creating an app. This is which, fascinating. In which people will voluntarily download the app, submit their information so that the app can track if people come close to another person who has contracted the virus. The scary part is, is it's based on Bluetooth. Mm. So your phones are actively pinging each other to find somebody within that 30-foot range that's got the COVID. And so what's the... In- so so I'm... Okay. I download the app. I don't have... Let's say I don't have COVID, which I don't. I download the app, turn it on. Okay. I'm, I'm giving my data actively to Apple now. Another thing to just drain your battery on totally. an already crappy battery phone. Totally. But let's say I'm walking around trying to practice my social distancing, and someone behind me in, in line at Chipotle, six feet, is my phone like, boop, they've got must, COVID. They've must, got yes. COVID. Run, run. or you know. Yeah, so in, you know, it's not out yet. But just in the limited understanding I have of how it works is when I saw Bluetooth, that means it's actively looking like a radar <laughs> for right. people around you. That's it's right. not using GPS off no. the cloud. It, right. It's no. actually getting like a ping in real life from people who are around you. And it must give you an alert that, hey, you know, John Doe behind you is infected. I mean, what's the... Like, that's, that's crazy. I kind of feel that this is going <laughs> to give us a lot of bad data. And bad precedent. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, the latter bit. You're probably right on the first... But the second is the more scary. For for example, uh, the studios got walls to the next uh, tenement next door. Can it go? Can it? Can my Bluetooth reach the person next door, even though we're separated by a wall? I think if you can connect to a Bluetooth speaker, it's going to be the same range. Hmm. Oh, sure. False positives. I was thinking. Why didn't we do this for sex offenders? Like, there's a legit website where I can go pull up a specific person on my block and find their blue dot. But why wouldn't I want to be able to ping sex offenders around me when I'm with my children? We didn't think it was an issue for that stuff, but we're worried about the COVID. It's, it's, It's a point like that that really can send you down a pretty, I would say, yeah. reasonable road of what's the real point of all this going on? The rabbit hole is deep Correct. on apps like that. Correct. And that's right. And how much of a, 
how much are they really trying to not let this crisis go to waste? Right. Right. Um, yeah. I, I, in, in my, with my sex offender analogy, knowing where someone lives is great. Whatever. Like we make you the California penal code makes people register, right? 290. Well, we so, can easily find you, Louie. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't. Uh, we walked let's right not, into that one. Let's not go down that path. So, uh, why wouldn't I want to know where they're out and about? And well, right. like they're, they're probably one. not going to kill my, you know, <laughs> they're not sheltering my kid place. at home. Yeah. Right. Has he been traveling to the school, which he right. is supposed to not be within yeah. 500 yards? Right. So what is, how deep does this rabbit hole go? Right. Why not track everyone that doesn't pay their taxes? Depressing. Why not track everyone that's on probation or parole? Why right. not track everyone? Everyone. Period. Yeah. Yeah, why not? It started out with, it's just advertising. And then it turned into, oh, it's just COVID tracking. (laughs) No problem. No. Um, Okay, next clip. Yeah. This is is just to give you guys a little heads up of what you need to be ready for. You need to be ready for Gavin to just tighten up on that chain in case something doesn't go right here. Mm, Yes, daddy. Here we go. Finally, our capacity always to turn on that faucet again and reinstate uh, more vigorous uh, controls. And and that's just uh, a a process that uh, will perhaps be the most challenging if indeed we lean in, but we have to then lean back out as we toggle uh, from stricter to looser interventions back and forth. Uh, as things change, as data comes in, as health concerns uh, make themselves uh, real in terms of that data, or at least more obvious, our capacity to pull you back in uh, and to encourage people uh, to advance the social distancing, uh, the stay-at-home uh, and physical distancing that has gotten us to this point uh, today. You put your left foot in, you put your left foot <laughs> Let out. me see if I can make this more convoluted. Correct. Now, why does his voice always sound oh, like he's I, got a frog in it? I hate it. I cannot stand it. And again, I listened to an hour of this BS. <laughs> Just up, down, left, right. Up, down, left, right. We're, this has to happen, then this has to happen. But this, but that. It's so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> but so we still don't have any clear metrics. Oh no. Okay. Oh no. If I, I could, I could promise you this. If I had heard a number throughout any of this. A number of a percent decrease of new cases, a, a, a whole number of new deaths, what have you. Uh, that would have been clip zero, clip negative one. I would have played that to begin with. There was none of that. Overreaching and un- pulling back and going right, 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 right. <clears throat> Don't get too comfortable being too free here, Bobby, because <laughs> at any point we might have to. Pull you back in. Well, I right. was kind of going with the non-essential labeling oh. of our gun stores. Oh, is that that labeling of itself is a whole other topic? Uh, NRA, of course, sued when uh, gun stores were closed, and actually, U.S. judge said, "Hey, they, they can stay closed. They're not essential." <laughs> it's mind blowing. It to who? Of, yeah, to who are they not essential? Of course, this was an L.A. district judge, but uh, you know, whatever. The, this the path here. will always lead to the Ninth Circuit, which will always lead to the Supreme Court. Now, correct, yes. uh, correct. 
It's like a they'll pass go. Here's a free ticket. Right. We'll see you in DC. It's like can we just skip the Ninth Circuit? <laughs> right. Um Villanueva, the sheriff, you know, he reopened the the gun stores in LA County, which kind of put this baby to bed for just a moment so you can go purchase your firearm. Right. So they didn't want to take it to the Supreme Court because they know they'd lose. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. But they could have shut it down longer, a lo- for a very long time, and That's just right. let it, until yeah. the case got to yeah until it got dismissed. Yeah, of course. But but the whole but just he's he's starting to plant the seed there early, and I think he'll come back to it in another clip. But just that seed of you know we still don't have metrics when we're going to reopen this thing. But when we kind of start to do, don't don't get too yeah. comfortable. Don't get comfy. Yeah, don't it, it, this, this, be on pins and needles here. That's it, how captors always control exactly. you. They keep you a little uneasy. Exactly. And how do you not hear that in that clip? I kind of feel that you know <laughs> we, we do all these restrictions correct now lockdown, and then you know when this is all over and they they put it all back and. The assembly reconvenes and they go, you know what? During the crisis, that really worked so well. Let's just do it all the time. Bingo. Whatever the issue exactly. was. Precedence. Precedent huge. Uh, okay, guys. And now we're going to listen to him talk about how California itself can help develop therapeutics. Oh, yeah. Here we go. The nation state. Number four, the ability to develop... I'm sorry, I should have said, this yeah. is the health, I forget her name. This is Surgeon General? He had, the, he had the health, maybe, it's, maybe it is her, I'm, I'm sorry. She is the most useless person ever. Uh, well, it sounded <laughs> well, tell like us it. How you really during feel during the me. clip, it sounded like it. But she's going to talk about, she, she kind of came on for a little bit to get into the more details. And yeah. I, you can't see me doing this just where you on stopped. podcast. I'm just air where you, I didn't, yeah, I, just where you stopped. Uh, she's the toxin lady. Remember when I talked about the Surgeon General? Right. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. the toxin yeah, too yeah. many toxins too out many there. Toxins. Let me see if I can restart the clip. Okay, uh, here we go. Number four, the ability to develop therapeutics to meet the demand. We feel like this is an important place for California of all states in particular to be engaged in this because there is so much innovation and um, advancements in our medical community here in California. So we have a unique opportunity to collaborate and make sure that these therapeutics continue to evolve. They're important Uh, especially in the absence of uh, vaccines, because they allow people, if they do get sick, to recover more quickly and also not to end up in our care delivery system and put more pressure on our care delivery system. Okay, if I can make one comment, just to start. Um, With all due respect, no private medical company in this state that's still left in this state needs your help at all. Uh, If there's money to be made by developing the first therapeutic, you you can bet your life that there's medical companies around the world right now burning the midnight oil to be the first to come up with whatever they need to. There's no collaboration needed. No. There's no input from you or Gavin <laughs> needed. This no. is the stupidest thing. And, and uh, Applied Therapeutics is looking at developing it. They got like a $50 million grant from the government on it. Like there are a bunch of companies right now trying to be the first ones of to course. come to market with it. They don't need California's help, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but collaboration. Right. Yeah. You know. We want a little, a little yeah, taste yeah. of that. We want a little, a piece <laughs> of something of the cure, <laughs> so we can control it. Exactly. We want to be partners, right. In what gets coming, a up giant with. silent partner. Uh, okay. Uh, speaking of that, 
The next clip is about developing therapeutic partnerships. Oh, excellent. Let's hear it. Mm. Have we built a coalition of private, public, and academic partners to accelerate the development of therapeutics? And have we identified potential therapeutics that have shown promise? I don't know. Have you? Uh, academia, uh, uh, government, uh, medical. Uh, let's just get it all in there in the soup. And what comes out has to be like way better. I got a question. Please. Why are we able to push these things through so fast now, but we can't push them through these fast normally? Well, Louis, you're asking mm. um, you're asking a very tricky question. <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. Surgeon General, question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Louis, Louis you know, California man. Streaming Podcast. Uh, uh, Louis, I don't want to get into the politics of things I, right I just had now, a quick question. The, how, how come um, we can't normally develop things this fast? Uh, mm, yeah, you know, I'm going to defer to... We don't want to dive into politics at this point. We have, we have a, lot of, a lot of crises on our hands right now. It's all It's funny how the floodgates have opened on oh, moving yeah. things quickly. It's like... FDA? Who's the FDA? I don't right. know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, Double blind study what? I, you know, I used to work for Johansson and Johansson, and uh, this was always fun to watch the regulatory process either make or break your business. And after you've gone through all these trials, all of them, trying to bring a process, a medical device, sure, whatever it is, to, to the marketplace, uh, you cannot. You are not allowed to change your processes of how you develop whatever it is that you are selling. So let's say it was a pacemaker. Okay. Okay. If it gets built by the robot in this stage, but it gets made by hand on the final step. Okay. You must continue doing it by hand for whatever steps that you mm. do the process, even though you may find that a robot could do it better because developed the process uh, five years ago and now they're delicate enough to do what human hands could only do but that wasn't part of the original approval that's right and if you wanted to introduce mm -hmm. that procedure into it of making the device mm -hmm. you've got to go through trials all over again mm. which that's why they never do it interesting all that stuff just got swapped <laughs> swept away though in the last month and whatever you need to do however you need to do it let's do it but that's big like pharma evil <laughs> right. We've just spent the last 20 years coming down on Big Pharma. Now, hey, can you guys help us out? <laughs> but only if it's a, a public-private uh, academia, academia. <laughs> collaboration can we, partnership. Can we put anyone else on this bandwagon? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. Next clip. If you guys thought things were going back to normal or going back to how they used Soon? to be. May 1st? If you thought they were, mm, yeah. they're not. Mm. In this next clip, we'll, okay. we'll let you know. That time period, this time period that we're entering, is not about going back to where we were before. It's about going forward in ways that is health, are healthy for all of us. But it won't look the same. Different ways that we will think about the way we do our, our everyday work will mean that we'll be making changes. So, for example, restaurants will be likely to reopen, but perhaps they'll have fewer tables, creating greater opportunity for physical distancing between one another when we're eating out, protecting one another as we spend more time in places like we used to enjoy. It's like, it's like dripping with BS. A greater opportunity for social distancing. No one thinks that's an opportunity. Stop trying to spin it. Here's where we, we preach it. We're so nearsighted. We never look at the secondary, tertiary Ever. effects, right? Ever. Restaurants are one business that operate on the thinnest margins on earth. Yep. Right. And they know down to the square footage how many tables they got to turn over an hour to make a profit. Yep. 
when you start saying, eh, maybe you can only have 50% capacity now. It's not sustainable for them. They're done. Or the cost goes up, right? And to think that a restaurant will be able to operate at half capacity or whatever the new math is. Without the, adjusting their costs. Without adjusting their costs. Their, their prices. Is yeah. asinine. Nope. It's stupid. Not happening. And when you look at a lot of these restaurants are in small spaces. Like it's not like you can just expand the restaurant and add more cushion. And you factor in all the normally when it comes to spacing, you're just dealing with the fire code, right? You're dealing with egress. Mm, sure. How much space has to be between booths, how much space has to be there for aisles sure. and exit plans and all that. So then you add on top of all those requirements spacing for tables because of the COVID. And you've just where do you even sit to eat? Like how much space are we gonna have left? Not to mention we're making the assumption, well, there will be some, but the number of restaurants that will be available and open to actually have us set down in them after all this is done will be a mere fraction. Well, we talk, (laughs) yeah, I mean, in general, we talk about how much of the state is dependent on income tax right? and how many people are not working and sales tax, how many businesses will not reopen. This is going to be brutal. Next year. When right. it's budget, yeah, it won't when it's, be actualized oh, no, till no. next year. When it's budget time for 2021, game over. I don't know about that there, buddy boy, because five of the largest school districts okay. have come out and asked the Sacramento government if it would be okay to no longer pay the pension funds for <laughs> school districts. And they didn't do that just because they, you know, thought it. This would be a cool time. We got a problem. They are hurting beforehand. Yeah, yeah. And now it's the they're going to they're going to use this to 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 del- help deliver that message. Maybe they'll try and get it under that this umbrella. But you're probably right. Oh yeah, no, you're definitely right. That was a problem before. Are you saying there's going to be another school bond? I hope so. <laughs> Next year in November. I Good. love bubbling. Fantastic. I love it's bubbling. Un- no, it's unusual. <laughs> <laughs> but that just gives us another note of bubble. Exactly. So cool. And you know what? We can afford it. Because uh, that's what we do. We raise taxes, we raise taxes, and we raise taxes, and eventually we'll be all right. It just needs more money. We just need more money. You know, if they were quite honest for a change, <laughs> if they put some kind of ballot initiative for schools, be honest and say it's going to the pension fund. Just be honest. and Say, we need to pay it off. We need a big lump payment so we can... True up the books here. And then all the money that we normally get through your taxes from property, then we could fix the schools. But do we really want to fix the schools at this time? We found out that we can shift it all to homeschooling. Right. That's a whole nother. Well, yeah, that's a whole, we've, we've realized how many things could just be poof, gone. online, poor <laughs> yeah. via Zoom, yeah. right? Big you know, time. Yeah, maybe Zoom isn't the right... Uh, platform for some of these schools as they're finding out but they had the capacity it was a quick turnaround and isn't it fast isn't it crazy how fast school transitioned to the online environment so fast so fast it doesn't move quick for anything none of government moves that quick. they booked it yeah charter schools i hear you (laughs) and if i am parent to little timmy and i go hey you know that uh Mr. Sanchez over there, he's a great teacher, and I'm stuck with uh, Mrs. Smith over here. 
who's not so uh, great at the math and uh, test scores are a little low as she's her performance is a little shady. I'd like to get into that webcast for Miss. Yeah, no. If you could pick your instructors, you would have a very good test for who's good and who's not. But guys, I'd have to say, amongst all the sin fighting, let's talk about a spirit of unity. Oh, okay. Among us, what's what's Uncle Gavin got to tell us? Spirit, spirit of unity. As we begin to transition out of this, it's incumbent we take that same spirit of collaboration, cooperation, uh, that guiding spirit of unity and commonwealth uh, as we process into this next phase. But as I said, uh, this is an imperfect science. There's the out. Yeah, exactly. Every one of these has an out. Always. The qualification of, here's pretty much what we're going to do. But we'll see. We could be wrong. We'll see. But we'll see. Unity, We're guys. never wrong. Commonwealth. The unity, Commonwealth. Unity, Commonwealth, togetherness. Mm-hmm. I I'm felt it. There. I feel that Evidence he is based. the man to lead us to prosperity. Evidence-based science. Here's him uh, talking again a little bit more about restaurants. Uh, you may be having dinner uh, with a waiter wearing gloves, maybe a face mask. Uh, dinner where the menu is disposable, uh, where the tables, half of the tables in that restaurant uh, no longer appear, where you're Temperature is checked before you walk in to the establishment. These are likely scenarios as we begin to process the next phase. Excuse me? Yeah. No, who's taking my temperature? Uh, th- there's that. There's also um, straws, bad. Disposable menus, good. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Uh, got it. <laughs> Well, actually, uh, most yeah, of the... That's a great point. <laughs> Straw's bad. Most huh. of the Bay Area counties have flip-flopped and said, we can start using non-reusable bags again. No. Straws are okay. You know, <laughs> I had this epiphany the other day when I was grocery shopping. You know, if you get the store-provided bag, right? They're still plastic bags. Of course. Uh, but you got to pay $0.10 cents for yep. them, right? Yep. And we were told the $0.10 cents is because of the additional labor it takes to lo- for the bagger to load up the plastic bag. That's what we were told. That's what we were told. That's right. But why do I still pay $0.10 cents when I'm self-checking out? Louis, you're, right, I, you're, asking, you're asking. I don't get that part. Louis, I'll shut up and pay your taxes. <laughs> no, I know. But I was thinking about this as I bagged my own groceries, why I'm paying them 10 cents. Yes. The whole thing's just a farce. Yes. It's, it's just, like if you yes. can't take that microscopic little experience I had and magnify that on a greater scale in California. Correct. That is basically the logic of California. Correct. I don't know how much um, comparison this tax is on a single bag. You know, ten cents. I don't know how much the bag itself costs. It's it not a tax. Of- it was a fee that the store was allowed to charge. Yeah. Because of the additional labor sure. and using, because that bag is harder to manipulate. That paper bag. Uh-huh. Uh, quick question too. Has anybody read any articles written anywhere in our state or beyond about the global warming impact that all of the disposable PPE, private uh, protective equipment that the medical community is using, that that's going to have? Because if my straw 
was going to kill every baby seal on the planet, then what we've just done in the last three months, we're all doomed in about two weeks. Am I missing something? No, there's actually a a story from The Independent. Interesting. Discarded coronavirus face masks and gloves, rising threat to ocean life. Conservationists warn. Want to guess where the, the origin site is? Guess it's not from here. What, what, do you, what do you mean? Well, it's coming from Asia, like oh, it always does. Of course. All, all that trash in the ocean yes. that we're talking about, it mainly I comes s- from Asia. I see what you're asking, yeah. And yeah. So, what's, so what, what's, what's the... This comes from The Independent. Um, it was published as recently. The rise in disposable face masks and gloves being used to prevent the spread of coronavirus is adding to the glut of plastic pollution threatening the health of oceans and marine life, environmentalists warn. On Wednesday, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo issued executive order effective this weekend that New Yorkers must now wear a mask when out in public in situations where social distancing is impossible. And the CDC advised wearing cloth masks in public... Uh, due to the concern that COVID-19 can be spread by people who are infected but not showing symptoms. Um, and then uh, on social media, pictures of bright blue gloves, crumpled masks, littering streets, shopping carts, parking lots, beaches, and green spaces are being posted around the world. It's left to sanitation workers and grocery store staff, those essential but underpaid frontline employees, to pick them all up. So I stand corrected. Apparently some people are talking about it. But at the same time, it's funny, right? Because the same people that are saying, what are we doing to the environment by plastic bags and straws and lids and what have you? The vast majority, nearly all of them, wouldn't say a peep about the nitrile gloves and the N95 masks and the fill in the blanks. Kind of feel that this is the uh, George Carlin skit where not in the abstract do they care about the environment. They care about themselves. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They... They talk about saving the planet, but what they're really saying is they want to preserve their little slice of America, yeah. which is fine yeah, no, right. because it helps us in general. That's right. But push come to shove, and here we are. Correct. They, they're they the ones who are you know, dousing themselves in, in hand sanitizer exactly. and, and, and buying all the toilet paper exactly. and all that. So they're those people. That I guarantee you they're the same people. Exactly. Um, okay, uh, let me let me get through these last clips because I know you you guys got story, other stories we want to do. Yeah, so, I mean the, 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 the Gavin's funny, yeah. so he, he's his own level of entertainment here. But okay, we're back to healthcare tracking from our great leader Gavin Newsom. Uh, we have tracing in the state of California because of the scale of our healthcare delivery system uh, that predates this current crisis. We've done it on TB. We've done it on measles. We did it for Ebola. We did tracking uh, when those first flights came in uh, from mainland China. Tens of thousands of people were tracked appropriately uh, and knowingly were tracked when they came in off commercial flights, not just those repatriated flights, uh, so that our health uh, systems were aware of uh, their movements and were monitoring Whenever you throw in and knowingly, exactly. that means there's skepticism e- that it wasn't knowingly. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I threw this clip in. And I'm like, the word knowingly, interesting. Yeah. I need to throw this one into the show. We're back to the same, no, maybe, knowingly now. Maybe. I am still can only give it a maybe, even though he said it. Right. <laughs> we sent you a mailer to your last known address. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's exactly right. Um, but how, for how much longer, even if it's knowingly now, how much longer? Right. Does the word indefinite mean anything It's to a you? new way of life, John. No, no, but I'm saying... Your waiter they, might they, have they, they put it forward, they pull it back. No, but I'm saying... Back forward. Tr- my point is, how much longer will, if it even is knowingly now, be where we're knowingly tracked until we're... Oh. We just... We need to track you. Right. Did you guys see the... Someone put it together on YouTube where they tracked the cell phones of the kids on the beach? No. In... This was beyond spooky. So there is video. They basically went to a specific time of a day. This is on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. there's a video okay. out there, and I'm sure it's on YouTube. They went to a specific time and day during spring break, and they said, okay, here's all of these kids, obviously probably kids, on this beach. So the software let them highlight the cell phone. Each dot was a cell phone. And they're like, okay, highlight those dots. Those are now turned red. Go. And they press play. And you can watch the dots repopulate out to the United States over the next week. And I'm like, that is the creepiest thing. So it was an app that allowed them to track? It was an app that like buy, right, buy. You can almost, basically all these dots going around the U.S. and you can freeze it and on a day and time say, okay, here's these these dots in this cluster. Like everyone at the Dodger game wow. on Tuesday, highlight the stadium. Now let's see where all the people from that Dodger game are and move over the next. That's week. why you should turn off your location services <laughs> unless you absolutely need it for something. It was creepy. Now, did those people knowingly? I doubt know it. That? <laughs> nope. Yeah. Yeah, we're 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 getting to the scary part here. The um, the, <laughs> yeah, the, that's what they say. The, the cre- it's called the creepy line. You know. Yes, uh, uh, Eric Schmidt said that in a Google speech. That's what he. We try to do everything we can and go right up to, but not cross the creepy line. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> and here we go. We we get to this pandemic, and we go. We need it. Therefore, right. it's no longer creepy. That's right. And then when it's over, we said. But because we did it then, it's not creepy anymore. Bingo. It's, it's resetting the norm. Mm. That's what I think such a huge thing is happening over this, these last couple of months. And, and I'll say our uh, electeds are being honest about it. They've told us over and over, uh, we're not going back to the way it was. This is the new normal. Right. Um, things are going to change. Right? And it's kind of like when Obama said, I want to fundamentally transform America. That's right. He told us straight up what he wanted to do. And these people are telling us straight up what they expect to happen, right? And the creepy line gets blurred. This is the same argument I always get from people on the Constitution. I don't think the framers intended for the Constitution to just suddenly not apply, right? I mean, right. we've gone through a ton of pandemics. It doesn't mean that you just start you just start suspending it without any act of the legislature, right? These are just things that have been enacted by a czar, by single people, by governors, by mayors, not anybody, not an elected body of representatives. Like nothing's been voted on, right? Really? Yeah. It's just the governor saying this is the edict. I mean, the assembly is just kind of around it's not like they're helping in your community. No. Okay. They 
they, they stopped attending a while ago. I, I don't even know if it's back in session. But the assembly didn't vote on suspending gun sales. Right. right. That was enacted by sheriffs. That was just of, enacted of by areas. individuals. Yeah. Without any check and balance of anything. Just a, a single person. Yeah, usually the mayor, depending on where you're at, saying, oh, we're just going to suspend it. Well, who right. are you? Who are you? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And and I don't know if we everyone says, well, in times of whatever, you can do this, but nobody has been able to actually prove we're in that time right. of whatever. I mean, uh Hitler marching across Europe, pretty provable. Right. right. I mean, uh uh Pearl Harbor with the fires and the sunken ships and provable. So like those times had a clear Right, and that's your point. Is where where is obviously people have passed away, so I'm not trying to make light of that. But but it's not as as we've I think laid out some cases on this episode so far. It's not exactly as clear cut. No, because there's no way to prove that it was worth it. Correct. There's no way to there's no way to prove that it would have been that much more worse had we done less. Right. That this was the only answer. Right. That maybe we went too far. Like, yeah, maybe we needed some of this. Yes. And we would have got the same exact results as yes. going too far. Yes. There's no way to prove any of that. And all the data sucks. And the last thing any one of these people is going to do is say that might be have been the case. Right. They're never going to say that. Because, yeah, we just have zero way to actually identify if we did 50% of what we did, it would have been the same as doing the yeah. full 100%. That's right. Yeah. We we always say, and we've been saying it throughout the episode. You know, you know, listen to the science, listen to the science. But no one's really accountable when they're wrong. Well, right. because it's always better Never. to err on the side of caution, Correct. right? And we're only taking into account the medical side, not the economic or the civil liberty side. Never. Never. That's not considered any collateral. Never. One death is too much. Which is right. Which is that's horrible. It's horrible, right? That's but a, if we applied it to everything in exactly. life, exactly. No one would. No, I mean it's horrible in the sense of that's a poor metric. Right? That's right. Like that's right. Um, okay, next clip: the economy and the new definition of essential. This week, uh, going to announce our new economic team. Uh, we have some remarkable leaders uh, that are already working with us very uh, collaboratively. Uh, we'll make public. I'm sorry, I got to stop real quick. What do you want to bet that no one on that team has ever run a business? Probably not, yeah. Yeah, sorry, let me continue. That team, that task force, uh, and you'll hear more about every sector of our economy, uh, how we're looking to jumpstart it uh, when we are in a position uh, where we can expand the definition of essential and we can expand our capacity uh, to, again, scale down uh, this stay-at-home order. Economic team, coming online, you guys. Expand the definition of essential. Expanding. Which that's that's the reason I put that clip in. That this whole what's essential, what's not. It's so that, murky. If that ain't spooky, also, I don't know what is. Forget stay at home for a second. Forget social distancing. You want to talk about the precedence in the future of the state saying, given situation X that's arising, maybe it's not a virus, maybe it's whatever. 
we're going to need these businesses to close because they're not essential. <laughs> uh, and essential to who? Correct. Essential to them or essential to me? Correct. Now, see, now we're getting into civil liberty gray. Uh, well, it's not gray area. Because, because I, I, I just, I just uh, wrapped up. Not probably not wrapped up. It'll come up again. Involved in this argument with somebody <laughs> about you've got churches now suing. Yep, Riverside. Yeah, and um, the I think the past there's a rabbi and a pastor in Newberry Park, and they're all suing now because they're not allowed to have in service. Uh, in-person services. And I've been arguing this for a long time. Why can I not go to mass with a mask and or gloves on and then have social distancing in the pews right? and still participate in person? But I can go to Albertsons That's right. and go grocery shopping where I'm actually probably going to be susceptible to more. The burden of that's on the state to to explain why to shut it. Not, not the, I, I would agree with you. Right. And so what I get, especially from people who don't have any faith, is food's essential, faith isn't, which that, that's a terrible argument for those who right. are faithful. Right. And um, that you can get the same thing if you just watch it online, which I don't, I don't believe to be the same thing. I think it's an adjunct, no. but it's not the same thing. And that's not the, but that's not the that's point. That's not the point. The content of the meeting isn't the point. It's right. the meeting, the gathering. You're letting me gather here. You're not letting me gather there. Unless you can prove to me that there's that my gathering applying all the same rules in both is way more risky here than there, unless that's the case, we're done talking. Right. And um as long as Starbucks is still open, yeah. But churches aren't, yeah. There's not a very compelling no. thing there for me. No. Starbucks not essential. No. Uh, if you said grocery stores, essential, okay. When you say anything that gives out food, uh, no. 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 Like, when you say essential, you say you must have this to live. So there's interesting Albertsons being open and Starbucks. Or even Albertsons and the mom and pop diner. Like, that's not essential. That's just someone who provides food. But I can go get or, food somewhere else. Or the, the, the chocolate place in Solvang, right? <laughs> like, okay. Right. Now they may be closed because they want. To, I don't know, but but, but you know when you yeah. say all food, no, not all food. No. In fact, you can't even grow food right now. <laughs> oh yeah, Michigan. Yeah, that was that gem <laughs> of a governor. Jeez. So it can't be that essential. I want to go back to um, the task force. Oh, that, but, uh, yeah, Bobby. This thing's going to be unbelievable. Um, We're going to get this thing rolling. Who's on it? People, just <laughs> great people. Just to let you know, it actually has eighty people on it. <laughs> that that's, sounds effective. That's not a task force. That's throwing it against the wall. Um, <laughs> That's a committee. I'm still looking for the full list. I've been trying. I've been searching. I just have a few articles, and they. Uh, have... so, so let me guess. So and so professor of economics at this school. So and so professor of business at this school. John's probably wrong, though. There's probably at least one person who's got a business out of eighty. Well, I don't the, think uh... he thought there was eighty people on the list. <laughs> well, the high-profile people that they've listed here are so disconnected from the common man. That it's very laughable. So the task force is going to be head up by Tom Steyer. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course it is. He ran his own hedge fund. Okay. Right. Uh, it, we're going to have all the uh, previous living governors. Oh, Jerry. Uncle Jerry. Jerry's back. Uh, Pete Wilson and Gray Davis and Arnold Schwarzenegger. At least Pete Wilson's on there. Gray Davis is going to show his face? <laughs> wow. Does he count? He was ejected. <laughs> he counts. He's... <laughs> 
He still has the title. Yeah. I'm surprised that they invited Pete Wilson. I know. What are these people going to do? Uh, some of the other more um, well-known members will be uh, f- former Federal Reserve Chair Janet Yellen. Oh, my uh, goodness. Bob Iger's on the list. Tim Cook. Course. And Mark Beninoff of, oh, of uh, course. Salesforce. Of course. Yeah. So basically, the biggest right, uh, the biggest CEOs of the biggest companies in the state are <laughs> going to be on this task force, and I can probably imagine the list will continue on as the biggest CEOs of the biggest companies in the state. Gavin, going to be on the task force. Gavin's a genius. What about Schwarzenegger? He's, well, on, yeah, he's oh, there, I yeah. don't miss that. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen his his online videos, like no. his Instagram and stuff? No. With his donkeys? The dude is off his rocker. Really? He is weird. He is out there. Really? Yeah. He's like eating at his like kitchen table with like two donkeys and like literally just walking around his house with donkeys. He's weird. He's got like a beard going on and uh, weird. Yeah. Hey, beards are in style. I know, but you just something seems off with him. He's um, it's the isolation, really. I, this is, uh, I think it's prior to that, though. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So um, next, Gavin's going to tell us that he really doesn't want to put the economy at more risk than it already is. Mm. Well, then stop raising taxes. Next clip. Here we go. Oh. Let's not make the mistake of pulling the plug too early as much as we all want to. I don't want to make a political decision right. that puts people's lives at risk and puts the economy at even more risk by extending the period of time before we can ultimately transition uh, and get people moving again. So I got bad news for you, dude. It's already pretty messed up. <laughs> um, just the other day, my, uh, my water heater actually broke. It's mm-hmm. terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they only last for so long. Sure. It was just a shame because I just bought the house. Sure. But, you know, it happens. And luckily, my my uncle is a plumber. Okay. So we brought him on up. He brought a water heater. Got a good deal on it. Cool. And uh, he is by no means a right winger. Okay. Okay. But he came over and we chatted and he said, we need to reopen this economy badly. Talk to the just, governor you voted for. Just, it's terrible out there. He He's on call all the time. He's doing more business now and he needs help. He needs he needs people to learn how to be plumbers because he's busy 24 seven mm. and he, you know, it, it, he's actually, we were lucky. He came up, he, he cut you kind of deal. Yeah. yeah. So wow. he, he sees it everywhere that he goes, well, everywhere that he goes. I didn't vote for this guy. So yeah, exactly. Um, last clip, just to end on a good note in case anybody was getting the idea because, again, they haven't been specific, right? So in case you had any hope left that, like, things, like, maybe a maybe a, a ball game or something were happening anytime soon. Right. Stop it. Oh, stop it now. Serious? Gavin's going to tell you why. Here we go. Uh, the prospect of mass gatherings is negligible at best until we get to herd immunity uh, and we get to a vaccine. So large-scale events that bring in hundreds thousands, tens of thousands of strangers uh, all together across every conceivable difference, health and otherwise, uh, is not in the cards uh, based upon our current guidelines and current expectations. What are the current expectations and guidelines? Didn't you read the six steps? <laughs> I, what, what are they? Yes. Right? Correct. 
Everything's the Wizard of Oz. Correct. And nothing. Zero. Zilch. I here's here's the here's the big problem I have with a lot of these people who are giving who it's are grandstanding their speeches. The one and only big problem. Yeah, I okay. think it is one of the, my biggest problems with it. Right. And Trump got a lot of criticism for it early on, but I think I know why he went about it the way he did. You have to give people hope. You can't keep coming down and saying this is the end of times because at some point people say "f it," I'm just going to take my chances Correct. and go outside. Correct. But Garcetti, God, Garcetti is terrible at this, and you hear it in Newsom in this last clip. If you think we're going to be able to do these things, it's negligible at best. Nope. We're not going to be able to go back to any fun anytime soon. So stop asking me. It's like an adult, right? Dealing with kids. I, I want to go do this. I want to go do that. Stop. If you ask me again, I'm going to ground you. Right. And that's, that's the stance these people are taking and telling you doom and gloom and the apocalypse are coming and people are over it. They're going to get fatigued from it. It's like, we talk about it with emergencies, evacuation fatigue, right? When you keep being told to evacuate and nothing ever happens to your neighborhood, you stop evacuating. And then when something really does happen, you don't believe them anymore. Mm -hmm. And people yelled at Trump for calling things a hoax and everything else and saying, oh, there's only a few people infected. And he didn't call it a hoax. He referred to the way the Democrats were reacting as the next hoax. He was trying to not get people to freak out. Because that's exactly what happened, was the media got everyone to freak out, and they were stocking up on toilet paper. Right. We're dealing with these issues that didn't even need to be issues. Why are we out of rice and flour and toilet paper and paper towels still going? The toilet paper thing. I'm still. sorry. What is that? All we did was cause the freak out we didn't want to happen. And as someone who works in emergency services, I've dealt with it for a long time. You know, if you do run on an incident and you don't think somebody's going to make it, you don't tell the family that. You tell them you're doing everything you can. Right. And you never say, yeah, they're going to die. Yeah. Right? No, nobody wants to hear that. Right. And you don't want to be the deliverer. What would be of the that. upside? I mean, there is no yeah. upside to right. that, right? Everyone wants a little bit of hope. Yeah. You can't just keep screaming doom and gloom. And all it does is it shows me that these people don't know how to and have never managed an incident, an emergency incident. They've probably, they've never really managed. Right. I mean, they played the games to climb the political ladder, but in a state like this, they never really at any risk of having to manage and deal with consequences of bad management. Right. Like Gavin Newsom and the liberals in San Francisco area, we're never going to not vote for him. Right. Right. So the consequences of doing something from bad management weren't ever going to be that big. As having an ineffective leader? Yeah. Mm, right. right. Yeah. As um as anybody who's ever lead who's ever had to lead anything or whatever, you know that you have to be the one to provide hope. Yeah. Like nobody ever wants to hear you don't have a plan. Frankly, let's be honest. Um it was it was a a Excellent approach for the Obama campaign in 2008. Financial crisis, um, hope, change. That resonated. Resonated. It was all BS. Right. But it resonated big time. There's a part in uh, the movie U571, the submarine oh, okay. movie. Right. Okay. And I think I'm going to get this right. And I'll, I'll be paraphrasing it. But um, Matthew McConaughey takes over being the 
the skipper of the boat, right? And I think it's Harvey Keitel who says oh, yeah. to him, yeah. When Matthew McConaughey first takes over and he's talking to the guys, and these guys think they're going to die, right? And they, they don't know a way out of this situation. And he go, he tells them he doesn't know what they're going to do, right? And the guys start freaking out. And Harvey Keitel tells McConaughey, hey, these these young men rely on you for hope. You can't ever tell them you don't know what to do. You have to either BS or come up by time till you figure it out. But you can't just tell people, I don't know, because then you lose the morale of everybody. And effective leadership, yeah, you admit what you don't know, but you don't you don't voice it out loud to people that are following you. You make them have hope and figure, yeah, we'll get through this, I'll figure it out, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. When you start telling people this kind of gibberish, man, people need hope right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But got to hold on to it. I just, You know what, though? I don't like landing on that note. Let's end on a note from something Gavin told us during the state of the state a couple of months ago. It's one of our favorite clips. It's become a favorite clip around the studios here. Let's end with that. That's even better. I love saying about the state today, it's an enterprising, modernizing, pluralizing, unionizing nation state of opportunity. That's California, folks. <laughs> that, that's California. There's that nation state thing there. Uh, that's who we are. Yeah. That's what we can be. Let's never forget that. So that was some of the, the top hits from the hour-long presser from Gavin. That, let's see if I go back to my grammar. That's probably one of the longest stretches of adverbing. Oh, this, yeah, big time. I think I made adverb an what? adverb. <laughs> what, what's the over-under on how long it took him to write that so it rhymed perfectly and how long he he practiced it to Well, get it's it not right? even rhyming. It's just putting a bunch of I-N-G words together. Oh, <laughs> what an idiot. Um, there you go. Um, what's next a, on the docket? Know, we're running a pretty long, aren't we? We've got a little, we've got we're, a little bit we're of time. We're at 142. At okay. least another solid story, I'd yeah. say. Okay, let's um, actually go to... How about a quick <laughs> update on the gig economy? Oh, yeah. You know, let's right. do the rundown. How about that? We had a, That was a good episode a while back, but... Yeah, Musicians are no longer factored into the gig economy. Imagine that. <laughs> another carve-out. Okay. Uh, and we're just going to be keep, exempt. We're going to keep tacking on carve-outs. Okay, so multiple music industry organizations announced today... And I actually it was yesterday that an uh, agreement had been reached with California Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez and Majority Leader Ian Calderon on pending amendments to California's Gig Economy Assembly Bill Number Five that will provide relief to the majority of affected musician uh, music perfor- uh, professionals, including recording artists, musicians, composers, songwriters, and vocalists. Upon the legislature's reconvening, amendments will be uh, will change prior language in AB5 that created obstacles for music professionals seeking work. According to the announcement, the language of the pending amendment states that most music professionals will once again be able to follow the Borello test, which de- uh, defines whether a person is an employer to determine employment classification for both live performances and studio recordings. The language also specifically provides for unions to continue to organize the work of recording artists, musicians, singers, and others. So does, to use her words, does this mean that musical gigs are once again a real job? Because 
prior, they that that wasn't a real job. It wasn't a real job. So now, can we say again that if you're a musician, you have a real job? It's kind of cool. Thank you, Lorena. I'm glad I can say you. What have a nice a, lady. You have a yeah. real job now again. And I'm glad now. The, the most condescending line oh. of her whole interview was just. But those weren't real jobs. <laughs> uh, as you sit in your ivory tower in Sacramento. <laughs> That lady was so annoying. With your own private DMV. That lady is so annoying. I mean, she was. there's still a long way to go, and it's, it's sad that we're piecemealing this. Now well, musicians are okay. The long way to go is to repeal the whole thing. It's yeah. all about lobbyists and money, right? Enough people it. complained in the entertainment industry, and they probably threatened to pull back enough money, so then they got a carve-out. Exactly. And you'll see a lot of things start getting carve-outs. Federal investigation into L.A. City Hall corruption invo- uh, in- involves the downtown project. Political fundraiser Justin Jung-Wung Kim agreed to plead guilty to felony bribery for helping the unnamed developer arrange the alleged bribe. Federal officials didn't name the council member, but provided key details in their findings that make clear that the elected official is Councilman Jose Huazar. We actually knew this while yeah, Didn't we talk about the story? We did. An attorney for Hazar declined to comment. <laughs> Prosecutors also said that the that after a bribe was arranged, a city official was informed that the labor appeal had been dropped March 3rd of 2017. Creed LA sent planning officials an email asking to withdraw its appeal on the Hill Street project on March 3rd, according to the records. Basically, it's a good old-fashioned bribe. Czar <laughs> just had, a classic bribe. Back yeah. to basics. You know, he had the he had the actual vote of allowing this project to go. Money was exchanged. No. The project went out as planned. Ta-da. <laughs> this reminds <laughs> me, it's funny. Um, I was watching a documentary and it opened. This is obviously about politics, kind of applies, but this quote was about NCAA basketball. And it was a quote from Jerry Tarkanian. You remember the uh, the the coach of the uh, UNLV right. one in Rebels? He said one time, this, this struck me so funny. What's I mean, this isn't news. Nine out of ten teams in, in college basketball cheat. And the tenth team is in last place. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And I'm like, that sounds like, that feels like politics. Everyone's getting bribes and cheating. The person who's not didn't get reelected. Right. <laughs> probably. You know? Yep. That's it's the same thing. Uh, I had uh, mentioned this before, but six Bay Area counties are requiring grocery stores to ban reusable bags, pausing the environmentally friendly policy that did away with single-use plastic bags. Are pressing healthcare concerns arise amid the coronavirus pandemic? Last week, Alameda, Contra Costa, Marin, San Mateo, and San Francisco and Santa Clara counties tightened and extended their shelter-in-place orders until May third. The order has required chains such as Safeway and Whole Foods and local neighborhood stores to ban reusable bags and to offer single-use plastic and paper bags as alternatives for as long as the order is in effect. Some stores are also waiving bag fees. The reality of curbing the spread of the virus by changing consumer habits is a blow to the environmental gains seen in this in the past few years. San Francisco is among the first cities in the county to ban single use plastic bags back losers all of them are losers well so what changes when the ban lifts nothing nothing right the same germs still get spread 
Like I, we're just so stupid. We're very stupid people in this state. Everyone called this from a mile out. We just thought it would be foodborne illness. Right. Right. Um, but it's clearly any kind of illness. Right. And um, now we don't want them used. Viruses don't discriminate on material. Yeah. Well, they don't suddenly say, oh, it's May 1st that's, and the ban is gone. That, therefore, that it won't affect. That, that's fact. right. And so, I mean, it gets back to the baseline for all this. When do we, uh, when there's, when there, is there a reasonable amount of risk and we go back to just normal life? Right. Not I until mean, our what, fearless leaders say so. It's just, it's just goofy all around. I, we, we've talked about it a million times. Learn to live with it. Okay. <laughs> no, <Learn to> live <laughs> with it. I refuse. Okay. There you the go. The high speed LA to Las Vegas uh, Virgin train that wins. wasn't taxpayer funded. <laughs> win six hundred million California bond allocation. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. The bait and switch that occurred. Yeah. <laughs> Amid the broad economic slowdown triggered by the coronavirus, California has approved a six hundred million private activity bond allocated for construction of the five billion Virginia uh, trains Bright Line Railway that, within four years, could be whisking passengers from Las Vegas to distant Los Angeles suburb at speeds of up to 200 miles per hour. Can you rewind, read back the part that had all the money and bonds in it? The $5 billion, Right. Let's just re- reread that whole thing again. Uh, approved a $600 million private equity bond allocation for construction so, of a... Mm-hmm. So $600 million private equity bond. Mm-hmm. So this is going to private equity. It sounds like it. It doesn't sound like on it. a taxpayer bond, mm-hmm. right? Wait, right. I got a. It continues. Uh, approved unanimously uh, unanimously in Sacramento on Tuesday by a committee overseen by California Treasurer Fiona Ma. Uh, the Bright Line can sell up to four times the allocation amount, raising as much as two point four billion for the project. The company which operates the Bright Line Rail. Uh, service in South Florida is also awaiting a word on a 200 million private equity bond allocation from Nevada that would raise an additional 800 million. The U S department of transportation last month previously awarded the project $1 billion of private equity activity bonds, raising the potential funding for, uh, for the 180 mile long project to 4.2 billion. That's just 800 million shy of the railway's $5 billion construction tab. Private activity bond. Right. Okay. Gotcha. That answer your question there? It seems very convoluted. When we originally broke this story, it was going to be 100% privately funded. Yes. And then it slowly turned into bond measures that are then helping them raise capital from private investors by artificially supporting them with public money. Right? I mean, is that kind of what I'm getting out of this? Yeah. This is kind of, it skirts the measure A where it's a public it's a, transportation The bond, funding. yeah, in a general sense, my understanding. Private activity bond is a, a bond that is, it's like municipally issued, right? So, you know, it's, it's government issued, but, it's, but it typically yields a higher interest rate. Because it's not backed by the taxing authority of the state of the state of California, meaning 
its revenues or its its ability to pay its interest on the bond is generated from the revenues generated by that thing, that project. Like a classic one. Because there's actually equity to the project. That's right. Like a classic one, and it went bust, was the monorail in Vegas. The monorail got built by a private activity bond, and its interest payments, in my understanding, were supposed to be made by ridership fees. Right. The bond interest was not backstopped. The, the interest payments of that bond were not backstopped by the taxing authority of the state of Nevada. Got you. So if ridership went down... And you owned the bond, gotcha. you got a problem. Do toll roads operate the same way? That's a good question. Um, but not, I think a lot of toll roads are actually privately built I think, roads. I, I think. Right? That's right. That's right. But I'd, I'd venture to guess there's a lot of public money that gets put in there during construction. I think if I'm not mistaken, I think uh Cowboy Stadium was a private activity bond in Texas. Gotcha. So the revenues generated from concerts, football, etc. pay the interest. Pay the interest. Gotcha. On okay, just trying to clear it up. It's yeah. one last fun thing. Yeah. San Francisco mayor London, London Breed is pleading with Californians and anyone else not to attend the city on April 20th in any 420 celebrations as they may spread more <laughs> coronavirus. Well, most of their population already lives on the sidewalk. Right. So it's being spread. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, stoners of all ages. The celebration for 420 of the year 2020. Must be at home. Must be at home. Sorry. <laughs> Even though the pot shops are essential services. Right. But but places of worship aren't. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Gotta get my my brownies for my glaucoma. Oh man. My emotional support <laughs> weed. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's all about what they want to prioritize. It's not about anything else. Oh, of course. I mean Any, we're California. Anything more there? That's the Bobby? end of the rundown there. That's the rundown. That takes us to just about two hours, guys. Another oh. Corona fun-filled episode. <laughs> Terrible. There's so much more we could have talked I about. Know. As we go through lockdown. Oh, the, the economy is going to take a huge kick to the nuts. It's going to be bad. What do you think, John? For the economy yeah. here in the state? Again, I I think it'll it, it'll look okay. I mean, basically, people have are focused on other stuff right now. I think 2021 squares up to be real bad. Yeah. Because we've talked about this on the show before. The, the rating that's gone on from the gas tax to pay for other things in the state, that's, that stuff comes home to roost during periods like this, right? Normally, you'd say, if everything were working properly, okay. We didn't get a lot of gas tax. That just means we can't repair as many roads. But the road usership was down a lot. So maybe that's not how our gas tax was being used. Although in July, I mean, they have unfettered access to jack the rate, right? So we gave them carte blanche oh, that's right. to jack that's the right. rate every year. That's right. So come July, there's nothing stopping them from just jacking it three times to recoup. What they lost, right? But you, but you still got to... That's right. But I guess you still got to have riders... I mean, people driving and filling up their tanks to well, even get three times, right? 
Yeah. And you think it's going to be tough to rebuild the economy when all these people now have to fill up their gas tanks with $5 gasoline? <laughs> right. Well, the summer blend, of course. Of course. We need the summer blend yeah. here in uh, Yeah, and, and we're going to change that just so that we can make it a little easier and get to the um, get to how the rest of the nation works. Yeah, I don't think so. Look, we, we, we're, we just... The, the numbers came out for unemployment. They were 5.3 because that was the end of March. And we do right. it monthly instead of weekly as like the Fed does it. And work, realistically, they think it's at 12.8%. I wouldn't doubt it. This is bad. This is, this is terrible, terrible. Not, not to mention the rollout of all these stimulus programs has been abysmal. Like they're, they're already out of the money for the payroll, the yeah, the, the payroll small protection business. plan. Yeah, uh, they're out of money for the um, the economic emergency one that's meant for the individuals. Uh, uh, I want to highlight the, the, the rollout of the automatic deposit for stimulus has been terrible for people that don't file directly. I want to highlight some numbers here just before we leave. Uh, the Bureau of Department of Labor came out with a um, with their statistics back in February before the virus really hit us. And the state trust fund solvency report is what I'm bringing to light here. Want to guess where we as California ranked on this list as it goes to solvency? Hmm. Want to take a wild guess? Is it a ranking of all the states? That's right. Like we're just picking a number. 42. Well, wait. So one would be the most solvent and then 50 would be the least solvent? That's right. Illinois fifty. Are wrong. So you you guys really telegraphed this one. So you guessed forty two. I California? guessed forty two for California. I'm going to go with thirty. You are both wrong. Mm. We are dead last. <laughs> we are worse than <laughs> Illinois. Whoa. We are dead last. Is Illinois forty nine? Uh, I have the ranking here. Let's see here. So California was ranked last for solvency. That gives me the warm fuzzies. So as it goes to solvency, and they um, they have your cost multiple, where one the the number one is you know one hundred percent. So you know, mm-hmm. okay. So uh, we're at actually at point two one as as it goes to the solvency. Uh, most states so actually like have enough have enough money for their unemployment insurance. Okay, they mm-hmm. have enough money. Vermont is actually at 2.53. So they've got enough money in the kitty to to last for themselves as far as it goes by population. So I'm trying to get the scale here. So I thought one was the top. um, It doesn't really matter. We're we're just... No. One one is the baseline. One's the the baseline. So you're break even. Break even. Gotcha. So they're two times... At two point whatever, Vermont is two times more solvent. That's right. So they have twice as much as they need. That's right. Okay. So what it all boils down to, even before the pandemic, we only had 10 weeks of solvency in the event of an emergency, Ooh. which we're in. How does that affect our bond rating? Oh, uh, Maybe now double A. You know? <laughs> I don't know. My goodness. What? Where? When I say it's bad, it's bad. That's what I'm saying. It's in, but 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 it's all about. You're right. Those are the numbers. Those are that's probably totally true. But right now, you know, focus is elsewhere. When focus, when when 
when people's attention spans and the politicians can't start start or can can't continue to point to this lockdown or we got to get past the next three weeks and when they've got to come back to their offices and square all this mm-hmm. that's where this gets super ugly we, I think. we we had 20 to 21 billion dollars in rainy day funds that's done which is you know it's actually a lot better than it was oh no well, totally you know kudos but uh some of it's kind of in a special fund for this and a special fund for that, and there's three real funds. $16 billion of it is what we really had to play with, and I don't know how long that's going to last. I don't know. I don't have the answer because I really don't have the answer of how much we've been spending propping up our healthcare system in the state and doing weird things because all the cities are going to are coming out and saying we're not sure what we're going to be able to do because we don't have the revenues. We're going to need bailouts. That's bailout money right there. California, I feel in general, the state is going to need a bailout from the federal government, and I don't think the federal government can do it. They're going and and it's all cloaked under the guise of COVID. All of it. And it all comes all back it. to this is what we had to do even though we were hemorrhaging cash prior to we're going to have to go to a to a new tax tiered system 20% for the top bracket we have to Talk current times call for it i had this uh, marketing client that in january they bounced a check to me right and then i couldn't get a hold of them for forever and i kept getting the runaround finally got a check and then they were a month late on february's payment and then march they were late on and there's a combination of being late and bouncing checks. Then they tell me, and, and I couldn't get a hold of them for weeks at a time. Like the CEO, the president just would go dark, right? Very cordial, always very responsive. Two weeks ago, they say we, we need to uh, pause our marketing due to COVID. We're waiting on basically bailout money for COVID. And then we'll be able to resume services. Right? The whole thing being cloaked around COVID. That's right. When they have been bouncing payments since January. But you can't question it now because it's COVID, COVID, right. COVID. And the fact, and they're still, they're, uh, they're considering an essential business. They are still 100% operating. Everyone's still coming to work. They're a, me- a mid-sized business. And they're, they're going to receive a bailout on paycheck money. One of those small business loans that's forgivable because of COVID when they haven't really been impacted buy it at all. In fact, it was their own hemorrhaging and spending that tanked them way beforehand. Right? And so... Prove it, Louie. Prove it. Exactly. And the state of California is no different. Right? They've been spending irresponsibly and putting everything on the taxpayers' back, which is uh, a pretty big variable. And now they're going to blame it all on COVID and they're going to look for a handout. Or they're going to use that as an excuse to raise taxes even more. And there's no way to prove that we overreacted. You know what we really needed with all this gas tax was bicycle lanes. Okay. <laughs> More green bicycle that's lanes. That's where we needed it, and that's where it was spent. Why isn't Caltrans taking advantage of the decreased motorship to get a lot of work done without impacting the freeway? Louis, shut up and pay your taxes. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. We should be seeing road work just happening like crazy right now 
they're they're all separated, you know. So distance, you know. They're on the not shut site, down, you know. They'll be all right. Well, Bobby, I know it's hard because people are quarantined and they're going to have to do it while zooming in or something. But what is your advice to everybody? Well, my advice to everybody is to uh, subscribe, like our podcast, oh, yeah. share our podcast because. We rely on you to spread the good word of our podcast. We're, we're basically the only not left voice. I think that's right. <laughs> Online. Talking reason around here. That's not a mainstream when you're political people like a bench bear or something. Right, right. Um, yeah. and, and we're states, we try to be state specific. Download us on iTunes, Google. Find us on CaliStreaming.com. Yeah, CaliStreaming.com, C-A-L-I-Streaming.com. Find us on the old Facebook like yeah. us on Facebook and send us your emails on suggestions. Yeah. We do get them. Tell us how this and is a lot of it you. comes from you guys. Yep. And we do the research, we find out all these things. And in case you're new to the podcast, help us burn it all down.